Jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So what exactly does that mean? It is a figure of speech in reference to a person who has dabbled in many things rather than gaining expertise by only focusing on one. So much knowledge and wisdom out there at our fingertips, yet so difficult to grasp. Everything and everyone has a little piece of the truth, and it is up to us to determine what our truth is. In this busy world, creating the time, the space to nourish our bodies, mind, and soul has become a difficult task. So let's take a moment to learn something, something small, in whatever way the universe decides to reveal it. It could be someone's story, a quote, a spiritual practice, maybe a song or a movie. The opportunities are limitless and all around us if we just take a moment to see. We are all students of life experiences. So let us learn from one another. There is no right or wrong path. There is only your path and your journey. So let's begin our adventure and explore all the world has to offer. And let us become a master of none. Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer and alchemical mage brings their non-binary perspective together with fellow drag king and trans man lacrosse ortiz a jewish taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics all related to spirituality offering a queer perspective an exploration of interesting topics and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the rainbow soul. Hi, welcome. Welcome, everyone. Hi. <laughs> I'm Hollis Taylor and I'm the host of Rainbow Soul and I want to welcome you to this show today. We got a very special show with us today and I am the author of Divine Androgyny. It's a sacred path for ver gender variant people. In other words, it's a book to help you figure out how to live in a non-binary world. It also has my story and many people can relate. So um, I'm also a medium and a psychic and a witch. Um, and I'm here today to offer this show because Rainbow Soul, we do this show because, because non-binary, because transgender, because intersex, all of those identities, all the queer identities, because those identities are sacred. And that's what I'm here to tell you. So that just make sure you get that message. If you don't take anything else from this show, if you remember that part, we've done a, we've done our job. <laughs> so tell us who you are. 
Hi, everybody. Good to be back. How Welcome back to Rainbow Soul. It's always good to be with you. I'm Bright Hawk. I'm the author of the book, The Dancing Hippo, a gender neutral book that has really great messages that includes only you can shine your light. And it's a pleasure to be here on a very cool topic. Yeah, it's a very awesome topic. So our topic today is uh mediumship or talking to spirits mm. now the main reason i had to talk about talking to spirits is for one very important reason well several important reasons but one really important mean reason is that right now yes the veils are starting yes. to thin yes. and we'll talk about more about what that means but for a lot of us we kind of sense it happening as fall comes in and as fall really settles in and the trees die away and the plants die. We start to feel that you can reach across to the other side. You can communicate with the other side and the other side can communicate with us. Yeah. And that's why we're here today. Yeah. Um, and so I um, wanted to not only present mediumship to all of you, but I also wanted to make sure that you guys got to got to meet some other mediums because there are many ways to do this. There are tons of ways to approach it and many and there's many different theories and ideas. So I just wanted to make sure that we have a well-rounded perspective. And so welcome. Hi, Sandy. It's so good to see oh, you. I know you've been there. trying to catch it live and I'm glad you're here. Yay. So I just wanted to say hi and hi, Victoria. How are you? I'm glad you're here. Oh. Welcome. So <clears throat> today, Brighthawk, some of the people that I found now, first of all, this one person, I, I have a group that's called, um, mediumship okay and, and it's just a it's just a facebook group where people can post pictures and stuff like that and uh i asked my friend to help me out with it a medium friend because it would be too much for one person it's especially once it gets pulled up and she was busy and i was busy and i came back to the group to see how things were going and i was like hey who's this guy and I started, I started looking and I was like, wow, he's, he's actually pretty profound. I, I like the way he's reading. Um, and so I approached him. So the first medium I'm going to introduce is Joel and his nickname is Super Shark. Welcome, hey. Joel. Excuse me. Thanks, Excuse me. For, thanks having for having me. me. Oh, we're so glad you're here. And I'm hoping, you, tell us who you are. Uh, well, my um, name is Joel. Joel. I'm obsessed with sharks, so uh, um, maybe we can get into that later. Uh, but at camp, I run a lot of summer camps. I've worked with about 40,000 kids over the wow. course of my career, and uh, Super Shark is kind of my camp name. Um, by day, I run a suicide prevention program for teens. Um, these are teens that have lost someone to suicide and are statistically higher to try themselves, so 
we try to get them in a community where they can ask for help and learn and ultimately ultimately we try to turn their grief into something really um, actionable so we give them training you know if someone at college or in their high school is showing signs that they can actually step in and intervene and do something so to date we've saved six lives um, according to our the teens that we work with and we do it all in a summer camp environment and many of the teens that i work with are you know, non-binary, um, LGBTQA plus, you know, they're, they're in that zone of trying to figure out who they are, um, just like every teen is. And so my biggest message to everyone, whether you're an adult or a teen is, um, the best version of yourself exists and let's, let's find it together. Um, so, um, that program's called Camp Jojo. If anyone's interested, it's all volunteer based. And if you want to learn more, we base it right, right here in Colorado. Um, and then by night, um, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm an empath. And I think a lot of that comes from the work that I do. I mean, I get to hear some of the saddest stories on a daily basis. And so, um, I really do feel, um, uh, people, I know that word is used a lot, but I hold it to a really high, um, sacred level. So I really do feel what people are feeling and I can articulate those feelings. And when it comes to mediumship, I feel what spirits are feeling as well too. And so I have to kind of act as, uh, a mediator and again translating those feelings into words um, because that's just the language that I happen to speak. Um, I do tarot, I do divination, I just got a fancy new pendulum that I'm excited about so um, I'm very connected to spirit and excited to share my gifts with you guys today and um, again thank you so much for having me on the show. Fantastic. I'm so glad you're here, Joel. Oh, I, um, blessings on your work. Wow. Yeah, that work is very special because it definitely speaks to me because as a teenager, I, of course, was a cutter and, a, and definitely suicidal um, and really uh, struggled to get through my childhood and my youth um, and even my young adulthood. So um, I'm glad I'm here now. I made it through. That's why I wrote my book. So I totally get your work in the world. Yeah. And that's why it's super important. I'm glad we got to, I'm glad that mediumship of all things brought us together. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in a way, our ancestors brought us together in my mm-hmm. view. So this other person was my friend who I was like, Hey, I didn't, Oh, you're a medium. And she was like, yeah, well, I'm still, I'm still developing. And I'm thinking we're all developing all the time. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, and she, I was like, well, I was thinking about making a group. You want to help me out? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'll help you. And so the two of us together have been doing this little Facebook group and you know, year round. So if you ever really need a reading or something like that, but her name, she was very special to me because we identify together and we share a lot of magic together. So I'm going to introduce Donna Carter. Welcome, Donna. Hi. Hi. Tell, tell us who you are, Donna. Okay, so I am Donna Carter. I started reading tarot when I was eight years old. My grandma taught me and I, I guess I started out dreaming a lot and being able to, you know, wake up and say, you know, um, I saw a plane crash last night and ultimately it would be on the news, you know? So I don't do, I, as I grew, it was different. 
it was more connecting with spirit. I had never had a doubt that there was a past life because I remember things. Um, I, and um, I had a pretty rough childhood as well as a rough adulthood. Uh, and then I moved to New Jersey and I did a reading for a lady who said, uh, but, well, you're a reader. And I said, well, yes. And she asked if I'd read for her. And she, I guess I was so accurate. She got angry with me initially. <laughs> and then, and then, but it was, you know, it wound up being a good thing because then she called me and said, you know, you need to be doing this for money. Um, you're in Cape May, New Jersey. And, and so I was, it was awkward at first because I felt like it was a gift and I, I didn't want to get paid for it. Um, but then it evolved and it has evolved ever since. Um, I started um, with the mediumship is trusting in myself. It was, it was the big thing. I always knew all of my ghosts, but I doubted everybody else's ghosts. You know, um, I am very in tune with my own ancestors and, and spirit guides. And, and uh, when my father's angry, he, you know, shuts off the GFI receptacle kind of thing. Um, so, but now I've been able to share that with others and I get feedback all the time. Um, nobody's ever a hundred percent, but, uh, pretty accurate. Um, I probably could have been in your camp when I was young, Joel, uh, I admire what you do. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. And I think um, one of the things uh, I talk to a lot of young people um, when they are feeling that way. And one of the things that I found as a non-binary person is that because I was queer, I felt like I wasn't sacred, that there were, that I wasn't um there was a time when I was very young that I felt like a sinner or like there was no, um, no way I could also be a sacred person because, you know, because we're seen as sinners, especially in the days that I came out. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, coming to terms with that, you're queer is one thing, but then being able to establish yourself, as a um, as a sacred person, regardless of how that comes through for you, because I think some of us, obviously, clearly, the three of us are readers, but some people are more into developing spells, and some people are beautiful craftspeople, and mm -hmm. they can make you the most beautiful necklace that you will forever wear for protection, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So there's uh, so many different talents. Or you could play beautiful music and drum, <laughs> which is also a sacred thing. So as I came through, I'm going to let you guys know how I came to mediumship was that I, you know, I had already started to dive into witchcraft and stuff, which is pretty open for queers. Uh, we're not, most witches don't, don't hold that against uh, people. And um, in general, it's pretty open. And well, my dad died. And he was the most sacred being to me. He loved me unconditionally. 
And, um, and I didn't really know how to handle that part. And this was many, many years ago. <laughs> I was 25. And when my dad passed, um, I felt very lost and I found myself online and I was watching this guy, John Edwards. Some of you may or may not know him. Uh, he's a famous medium and he used to have a show, show called Crossing Over. And I got a hold of his, uh, so I watch his shows. And then there was also a chat room called Crossing Over. And essentially there would be mediums in there doing readings. And I could just sense that I should be doing this. Now, I'll give you a little pre-context is that most of my childhood, I would sense spirits in houses. I would know there was a ghost in the house and I would be able to communicate with it. Um, and But I didn't tell men, anyone about it because I was mostly embarrassed about it. Like, I thought people would think I was crazy, right? So when I started studying, uh, I met this woman and this is just after my dad died and her name, uh, we'll call her channel reader. She was like, you've got to, here's John Edwards meditation. Study this. You're drawn to John Edwards. You'll like this. And she gave it to me. And uh, I started to listen to his meditation uh, that helps you learn how to connect with the other side. And my main guide that appeared during those meditations was indeed my father and still is to this day. He is my main guide. He is my doorkeeper. Um, as I I would call it, he is the spirit that stands where I open the door for other spirits to come through. He stands at the door and makes sure every spirit that comes through um, is safe for me. Um, and for anyone that I'm reading for. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I came to mediumship. So you guys, how, either one of you, whoever wants to go first, can tell us, tell us how you came to mediumship. Go ahead, Joel. Um, well, I mean, I grew up in Ohio, um, really close to the Underground Railroad. And so I always, and, and again, it's not an actual thing, but it's a network of uh, different pathways and trails and people and houses. And I started to pick up on, for lack of a better word, um, just some residual trauma in certain areas. Um, there's a type of tree that grows out there called an elm, which I see Victoria in New Jersey. She probably has some elms near her. But you can carve things into the, the trunks and it'll be there for basically forever. And so they would put compasses on these trees so that the runaways knew where to go. And so I remember just being a little kid hiking and I would find these things where I would find an old family um, gravestone or grave plot where there was just headstones and footstones. And I always felt, um, <clears throat> again, I feel emotion. So I always felt the emotions associated with those areas, whether it be fear or adrenaline or sadness or grief. Um, and then I started exploring those places, and that's when I started to actually see um, different manifestations of spirits um, for me. And now I, I, I think when some people see spirits, don't expect everyone in the room to also see them because I was in a room full of people, and I saw a, a crying man in a corner. And, um, 
you know, that was my very first time I had ever seen anything like that. Um, and then during COVID is when, and I, don't, I, I, I don't know if this is the same Hollis with other people that you've spoken with, but my sensitivity got cranked all the way up. Um, and I was visited at the very beginning of COVID. So this was April of last year. I was visited by a little girl in my dreams. Um, and I was terrified. She always presented herself as a silhouette, but eventually I kind of let her in and she would show me things and she would show me these parts of the neighborhood and these parts of the trails near where I lived. Um, and so I started doing some research and I found that that little girl was murdered about 10, 10 years ago. And the spots she was showing me is where her body was found. Um, and I don't, I won't say the name cause I'm, I'm connected with the family now out of respect, but it's a pretty popular case if anyone wants to look into it. Um, and so once I started working with her, then others started to show up. And it's just like you mentioned the doorway, the, the more you open that doorway, the more that comes in. Um, and right now as a newish medium, I'm, I'm really managing <laughs> the waiting line, so to speak, because right now it is almost every single night I'm visited by, by something. And sometimes it's just a little girl. Sometimes she brings um, spirits with her. Um, only once I've gotten an ominous one that I didn't like, and I just kind of walked him out of the house, and I haven't seen him anymore. But um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Is it's 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 kind of a, a a fire hose, and I'm trying to sort that out so I can get it down to a nice little squirt gun, squirt, and know what I'm doing. Um, and and I do a lot of tarot. I love tarot. I think it is um, anyone can do that. And I look at it as just an incredible way to really get deep and have incredible conversations with people. Um, and I noticed through Tara, I would start to get some ancestors would show up. Um, so it would usually be a smell. I would get touches on my shoulder, usually affirmations. Like I, if I said something that was right, I would get like these like kind of loving, warm touches. Um, lots of smells, whether it's cigar smoke or chewing gum or like ladies, um, perfume, I would, it would just kind of hit me. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely there and I'm learning how to use it as a tool. Um, and again, my, my, and all the work I do, I'm just trying to help people realize you are fucking awesome. I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this podcast, but you are. I just want everyone to know that you're amazing. And, um, there's this entire other universe that surrounds you that's trying to tell you that as well. So if I can act as a conduit and and shine some light onto that for you, then it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joel. Thanks for carrying that message forward. Go ahead, Donna. You want to tell us? Yeah. Um, very similar to Joel. I, I've done tarot all my life since I was eight years old. And uh, I started. I, I, I guess I always did connect with spirit because I would know when grandpa was in the room and I, you know, I, I was very blessed that although my childhood was rough, I had a grandma and even my mother never said, you know, no, you're wrong. You know? So I, 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 I was blessed with that. I had a couple of uh, partners that uh, called it my psychobabble bullshit. So <laughs> So I, I, I shut it down for quite some time until I came down here and had read for this lady and that whole story. And um, I, I ever since then, it's been um, 
it's been a thing of getting gaining the confidence to say I'm a medium too. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a tarot reader. Mm-hmm. I'm a medium too. I've always been very psychic. A lot of times I put the cards at and I'm not really reading the cards. Whatever is coming to me is what I'm saying. I like the cards because then I can show the people you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll get the messages and then be able to look at the cards and say, yeah, the cards match their messages kind of thing, you know? Um, so, uh, anyway, that's, that's how I got started. And then I had a medium tell me, no, you have the gift too. just keep on working it. And the more you work it, it's like a muscle. It'll get stronger. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. For me, I was in my twenties and I was in a women's group and mm-hmm. there were two, um, mediums slash channelers, I would say, especially at that time in LA. And and that was definitely the vibe. And, uh, they usually had something, some message coming through. And one night it was me, it came through me and it was unmistakable. And the whole scent of the room changed. Um, if I hadn't been witnessed by five other women, women, I would have denied that it happened. It was my grandmother. The smell of the house became chocolate chip cookies, like fresh chocolate chip cookies out of the Mm -hmm. oven. Everybody felt like, oh, grandma energy. (laughs) And, um, And absolutely felt like the message was, you're doing great, keep going, take the risk, be who you're supposed to be. And, and very, very validating, really amazing in that regard. And, um, I, I, I felt forever changed from that experience. And then as I proceeded, I also was very fortunate in my 20s to be exposed to some really great mentors, some really beautiful, wise women. And one of them taught me muscle testing, how to understand your yes and your no. So it's a strong circuit in your fingers if you're muscle testing uh, is a yes, right? You, my name is Breithawk. Yes. My name is Adolf Hitler. No, no, that's not true at all. And it breaks, right? It's a weak link. And you start practicing muscle testing. Like you said, nobody's a hundred percent, but it helped me tune my, wait a minute. I'm feeling something. Is this my feeling? No. Oh, okay, let's work with this. Okay, I'm feeling, a minute ago I was feeling this and now I'm feeling this, but it doesn't actually feel like it's coming from me. And I could start to inquire in a way and get validation very quickly about what was going on. And so when I started to do fire circle, alchemical fire circle and teach and, and play a lot of music, I often would tell people, if you're new to Fire Circle, if you're new to community healing together, be aware, because we know we have an impact on each other, that not every thought is your own. Just take that in for a second. And not every feeling is your own. So before you run off to the races with fill in the blank on a thought or a feeling that can trigger you, you might want to ask yourself, is that mine? Did this come from me? Because when you start to become aware of the sea of energy we're all swimming in, then you can start to tune yourself into, oh yeah, okay, okay, 
okay, a minute ago, I felt fine. I walked into the room and now I'm feeling nauseous. Maybe this isn't what I ate. Maybe this is what's going on in the room right now. Yes. And starting to suss out what's yours, what's mine. Is it, is it in body in this room? Is it spiritual, you know? And that really helped me hone hone my my own ability to recognize when spirit was speaking in in or a spirit was coming through or whatever it's it was a great validation tool and i think everyone is capable of this everyone that's, is capable that, that's a really good way to describe it bright hawk i i enjoy that i i can't go into a walmart i just choose not to anymore <laughs> It's too overwhelming. <laughs> um, I, I I barely can go to a supermarket. I'll go into Aldi's because it's smaller, and I go certain times of the day when I know there's not a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I love people, but I also I need to be around people that understand that I am that empathetic, and I need to, um, you know, I do put uh, barriers up. I call it my purple egg. I kind of surround myself with that purple egg and that, that uh, does keep me protected for the, but, but it doesn't last long if there's high energy going on. (laughs) Um, So the other thing I wanted to say too, I guess in a mediumship, I was, I was really thinking about this and, and um, I have been called many times to people's bedsides to help them to pass over. And then they clearly speak to me when they're gone to let me tell their loved ones. And I've literally been called by families who just happen to know me and happen to know that I have a whole different perspective on death and uh, passing over. And (laughs) so I, I think that, you know, that was part of the growth of the mediumship versus the terror reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an uncanny ability to know that somebody's sick and, you know, either they're, they are or not going to die. You know, like I, I, and it's happened too many times to doubt it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a, I, I um, have deaf, I'm deaf midwife as well. So mm-hmm. after I learned some basic mediumship stuff, um, I actually, my next step was a woman who taught me exorcism. Um, because I could clearly, um, and I lived in a huge haunted house. Um, it was an ancient house that was built, um, when, when, uh, George Washington signed the original deed of the house. Okay. So it was an original house. Um, it's called Woodland Hall and it's in Maryland, um, on the Eastern shore. And essentially there were spirits there and, I was studying under a woman who was very attuned to exorcism and how to clear out a house or how to help a spirit move on is what we would say. Um, Because sometimes spirits get caught in this like jig, like um, if they die in a particular place, for instance, there was a, a young little girl that would, that was a servant girl and she would walk up and down the spiral stairs and up and down and up and down what they call the servant stairs. And they're very spirally. They're, they're very small and hard to walk on compared to the other ones that were built. Now, remember this house was built George Washington's day. Okay. So the, the bigger steps, the normal steps were larger and bigger and they didn't spiral. They went up 
and very large. It was very big, right? And so those are the main stairs, but you would never sense her spirit there. You would always sense her spirit in that spiral loop. And it was almost as if she had, something had happened to her. She actually had gotten sick um, and her and another little girl died. Um, and apparently, so I would start picking up on these spirits and the woman who was doing the historic records for the house, I would tell her and she would go look it up um, in the newspaper and things like that. Um, in the old newspapers, the old, old documents that go back for these houses. And I was right. Uh, and she found the young girl that died of smallpox. Um, and she assumed the slave girl probably died with her. Uh, and there was a special story about a slave girl who knew how to read. As um, these particular people, although they had slaves, um, they educated them or allowed them to be educated. And so that was a pretty special thing back then. Okay. And um, so I, and this was a house that was on the North end of the Mason Dixon line. So it was right on, it was part of the underground the house was part of the underground railroad. And so there were some odd spirits that came through there and some spirits that were kind of stuck there. Now here's the really weird thing. In the middle of the house, there were these two mirrors that were about 12 foot high. And it used to be two rooms. Okay. So um, it used to be two different rooms, but it actually was two 12 foot mirrors. And they had taken the middle wall out of the room. So now it was one big, huge Victorian room, which is a big deal because, you know, they used to wear big puffy dresses back then <laughs> and the rooms were big. Okay. I mean, way bigger than what we're used to. And so now it's, so it's a big, huge room and the two, the two mirrors looked at each other. And I said to the woman who owned the house, whom I worked for, I was a caretaker for the house and also their personal medium. <laughs> I said, um, you realize you've created a little bit of a vortex there, eh? Oh, I don't know. The mirrors have always been there my whole life. She grew up in this house. This house had never been bought or sold. Okay. So it's always been inherited. And she laughed and she was like, I guess it is, <laughs> you know? And so it was a little bit of a vortex and man, we've had some experiences there. So that's really when I got to do more of the exorcism type of stuff. And then I became, I went back to nursing and did more of the death midwifery. And I also, Donna, end up at the side of people that are dying. And I also can sense when they're about to die. And I've always seen this when I was a child. My mother would work, my mother worked in the hospital and we would sometimes have to walk through the ER and you would see their spirit leaving their body. It was a very odd thing to me as a child. And it didn't make sense until of course I was an adult and I went, oh, is that what's going on? And so then I started seeing bodies pass over to the other side. <laughs> And just like you, Donna, they also would talk to me um, and be my spirit guide, or they would help me connect to other spirits. And then, of course, um, 
I traveled the country visiting nursing homes uh, with Brighthawk here with it's called let's dance activities.org. Um, and essentially what would happen is we would be seeing people that some of those people are about to die. These people have dementia. Yes. Uh, they're at the end of their life and I would dance with them, make it the best we could make it. But there were definitely, we have, we have a cool story that I'll let Brighthawk tell that story, but there were spirits that would just come through. And sometimes I felt spirits with me that would do exactly what Joel was explaining, that warm touch on the shoulder. That's how mm -hmm. I know it's my father. If it's a warm touch like this on my shoulder or a grab here in the back of the arm, because my father was blind and I was his mm -hmm. caregiver. So he would often hold the back of my arm. And that's the thing I notice about spirits. Maybe you guys have noticed this. They do things or say things or bring things through that you recognize as them oh absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. and i don't think they're doing that because they need to do it as spirits on the other side i think they're doing that so you know who they are mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah. yes yeah yes yeah. If it, yes um usually it's it i i consider it like a validation just uh, you know you know, oh yeah, I'm right. Um, I when my when my dad was passing, it was interesting because I I couldn't. I I had not felt my grandpa after he passed. He was one of those that believed that when you pass, you pass, and that's the end of that. And I didn't feel him for years. I really didn't. And and the fact that I'm very very, especially with my family members, very close to that. Right before my father uh, took very ill. My grandfather came to me and um, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that song came on the radio and that was like his favorite. That was always, you know, the Sunday song when we would go to visit. And um, then it happened a second time and a third time. <laughs> and uh, finally, I went home and I said, all right, Dad, I know the whole family thinks I'm a kook and calls me whatever it is they call me. And I said, but uh, your dad's been visiting me and he's never visited before. So what the hell is going on? And he put his head down. And he said, I got this lump on my neck I haven't told you about. Without going into all the detail, that was the beginning of the end. And and uh, he hadn't told me about it. <laughs> he was hoping it would just go away and nothing would come of it, you know. And uh, But my grandpa let me know. And then as he was passing... Um, mm -hmm. I went into a total trance and kept singing, take me out to the ball game. But ultimately when he left, it was his best friend who took him. Mm. And I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever. <laughs> they, you know, that it was, it was like a chuckle and a, <laughs> you know, so I, 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 I know I'm in tune with it. I am developing it now. And now without um, so many distractions, you know, I can focus on it again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I found that like you, Joel, um, when COVID happened, I actually felt like my, the spirits were actually knocking on my door. They were like, hello, you need to do this. And that's why I started the medium group. Um, and that's why I'm doing this now. Um, and that's why I started doing professional readings again. Um, because I felt, 
I don't, it wasn't just that there were people dying um, around us, but it was also like, it was almost like being a deaf midwife for the world, for the community. Yeah. Um, Right? I felt like, you know how uh, every October, you mentioned this in the start of the show, how the veil becomes thinner. I think the veil's been thin for quite some time. I think um, there's been a lot of really heavy psychic trauma that's been kind of like a low-lying fog that's been on um, especially the United States. I know Australia, many other parts of the world, India, are going through really tough times. And so I feel like in a way I can almost reach up into that, that fog and it's just options on top of options in terms of things that I can connect with. And um, that was never at that level prior to COVID for me. And I'm always curious if anyone else, either in chat or anyone listening to this, if that if that's happened to you, if you, um, you know, a lot of us had more time. So meditation, like those apps shot through the roof, those books flew off the shelves. So I'm wondering if it's a combination of just that trauma and the fact that everyone is kind of quieting themselves a little bit. It's kind of hard to do that during the election, but you know, when that wasn't going on. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that, that for me is definitely what kicked it off is, and I just decided, you know, I was a big atheist. I ran atheist summer camps for kids. They were very controversial for kids that identified as um, non-religious. And I realized that the feelings that I felt at Red Rocks, the feelings that I felt around a campfire, the feelings I felt at a drum circle in Sarasota, you know, that is so much more than music and smell and sound and sight. And um, so I tried to categorize what that was. And I decided I made a very clear distinction that I believe in that. And the word for that is spirit for me. It's the, the human ability to create and attune ourselves to spirituality. Um, and sure, there's probably many other things within that bucket, but you know, for me, I went to Red Rocks recently to go see a comedian and there's just this vibration coming off the earth. Like you just feel it there. Or I lived in Leadville, which is famous for having a lot of ley lines and spiritual activity, and you can just feel it there. Netherlands, another great example. So yeah. if any of any people listening have ever felt that, just know that that is something else. And um, once you go down that pathway, it's fairy tale time. All kinds of cool, wonderful, magical things are there. But there's also some dark, scary things there, too. So you just got to kind of be ready. It's an adventure. But COVID kind of, for whatever reason, allowed me to let down my guard, decide that this is the way I wanted to live a more exciting life is by believing, truly believing in people, right? Like truly believing in the essence that you are um, and celebrating that. And, man, it's opened up so many really – I've met so many incredible people and seen so many uh, amazing points of view. Absolutely. I think it may also have had something to do with the astrology. Oh, for sure. Mm. Um, so just so, uh, so some of us might know is that what's happening, what has happened um, is uh, Saturn moved into Aquarius, uh, which is takes a long time. Or it, it happens for a long period of time. 
Therefore, there's a long period of time before it happens, what we call our, the shadow of Saturn and after. And if you've ever heard of your Saturn returns, that's when Saturn returns to the sign on your chart, okay, to where, where it was when you were born. Um, and Saturn returned to Aquarius. What that means is that Saturn at its foundation is all about the boss or how things are done and things like that. And Aquarius is all about doing things out of the box, different, spiritual. Um, and so if you see that that shift that's happening, and also Pluto has been part of this as well. And Pluto is about spirituality, um, awakenings. It's about rebirth. Um, and so this, the astrology has kind of set us all up for a spiritual awakening. Um, and then, of course, the moon regularly moves through Scorpio and things like all that. Yeah, all of the signs. And so a lot of us have started to wake up. Uh, in, in our own way and in our own fashion um, and, and brought forth um, a lot of different things. So um, I think that's what we're also feeling yeah, is sure. it's a different way of doing life. Mm -hmm. If you have some spirituality, it's a different way of having a foundation mm -hmm. um, regardless of what your spirituality is. Like you were saying, Joel, you're a, um, you're you were atheist well my normal show host i kind of wish he was here because lacrosse he, he, hello i'm checking in on my break he says um he's at work and and he's he's an atheist um but he does this spiritual show because spirituality is is still part of who he is yeah um, same i i man i wish i could have talked with lacrosse yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I read Sam Harris's spirituality book, which helped me reframe everything from a cultural standpoint, got way into Buddhism, and then landed on witchcraft, mainly because it's the raddest people on the planet. <laughs> um, but for me, it was, uh, how, how can I, I believe that we are our own gods and that we have the ability to become gods. Um, and I think that we all are given the same spirit to do with that whatever we may over however many lives or however many millions of years it takes. Um, and so it's still fit within my paradigm in a way. So, yeah, I'm always curious to talk to secular witches and to people that are, you know, they feel what I was what I feel, but they don't necessarily believe it comes from a deity. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe it comes from a deity either. Yeah. Um, most of mine comes from my ancestors, so I'm very spiritual led, and we'll be doing a show um, in early November about uh, your ancestors as a spiritual path. Um, um, and that's that's more of what I resonate with. Um, I just feel like my ancestors are invested in my well-being. Um, so as a result, um, they want to see me, um, they want to see me grow and that that's their service. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe what I basically believe is that when someone dies, that, uh, they have a karmic, um, a karmic 
do's, if you will, and everybody has it because none of us are perfect. And so when you die, you have karmic dues to certain people and you become their spiritual guardian. And then as a spiritual guardian, you, uh, they serve us, right? And so all of us have guardians. All of us have spirits around us that are trying to help us. That, Like you said, I think it was you, Joel, that said earlier, like we have energies trying to tell us that we're awesome all the time. We just have to listen. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's pretty much what your spirit guides are trying to tell you and occasionally go, by the way, don't go there. Okay. Oh, can I share a really quick one? Go for it. Uh, uh, we had the good fortune of being in, in Hawaii on the big island and meeting a kahuna who was many generations kahuna. Her mm. great grandfather was the kahuna to King Kamehameha. Not by choice, but because he was the best and that's who's going to serve the king, right? So she was amazing getting to sit at her feet and ask her some questions. And one of the things that she said, and this is practical knowledge for everyone. When you're feeling something and you're getting hairs on your arms and there's that synchronicity vibe of tingles. Yay. Good job. You're, You're feeling it. If you get that back of the neck, chill, your scalp's contracting, stop. That's not for you. Just stop. And I think when we're first starting out, I felt something and you're not sure how to interpret what you're feeling. This would have saved me so much time (laughs) if somebody had said this to me in my 20s because there were times where certain sides of the family, I got the the not good feeling. Let's call it that. I don't want to say bad. I want to just say, this is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. And learning, it was like, that's because that's not yours. Don't go there. Mm-hmm. And the other feeling, so in contrast, here's a little short story about when we were traveling and how we all have angels all around us all the time. So... When we did our Let's Dance program, we did 500, over 500 programs all around the country in nursing homes and, and vet centers and, and um, uh, rehabs and hospitals, you name it. And you can imagine some of those places, they are not fun. They are not happy. They stink. Yes. And uh, it's you're doing the very best you can. So what we would do, we'd come in and we set up a circle and put everybody in a circle that this was revolutionary, not having people in a line, <laughs> putting them in a circle, put everybody in the living room. It was easy. I'd be in the middle on my stool and playing my hand pan, which looks like a spaceship. And so they'd be curious, like, what are you doing? And that, that hand pan is very soothing. And so I'd start talking and playing and singing and doing my thing. And uh, I often began the show with uh, a piece that is called Daddy's Delight. And you can guess who I composed it for. And uh, I was at my father's um, bedside when he passed. And, you know, there's just a very special role about being, being the guide, being the ferryman. You know, you're, the last sense we have is auditory. And so as a hospice musician, there's, you literally feel like you're on a magic carpet ride, taking, taking this journey together. And, uh, 
So this piece called Daddy's Delight, I'm explaining, talking about my dad and this old man who's opposite me and he's got his oxygen chink and his wheelchair and stuff. And he's saying to Hollis and Hollis is like, tell, tell Brighthawk what you're telling me. <clears throat> and he looks at me and he goes, well, he's standing right next to you. <laughs> well, actually, there's a whole mob of angels around you. And I'm like, Thank you. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those take your breath away moments and the show still has to go on. And, you know, goosebumps galore. And and thank you, you know, thank you, thank you. And feeling like that vibration, that my music, that we fail in language. I, the, I feel like the more you walk the bridge of that, that passing, the more you become comfortable. I think this is probably true for all of us here. The more you become comfortable with death is, is a finish of one thing, but it's a change of energy the, the, the it's, it's, um, and I always feel like we live in a three-dimensional world. And once we start getting into this conversation, it's four and five. And who knows how many, because we don't have the language. We're not right. five-dimensional creatures, but maybe we're starting to sense the other dimensions. Right. So uh, we run out of, we run out of, uh, we don't, it, it's the classic that we don't know what we don't know, but there's a lot we've sensed for many years, the poets, the the mystics, the alchemists, the philosophers, you know, it's not like that we haven't had some indications. <laughs> yeah. And I was forever changed when I read Raymond Moody in my youth of um, life after life. And, you know, the, his, his book about people who came, who had had, you know, near life, near death experiences and how consistent their stories were. And you got a glimpse of, you know, we may not know everything, but we have an idea. We have some ideas. And it changed my perspective about life, about being of service and how fun that is, how freaking awesome it is to be of service, how it has a fulfillment and a, and a glory that comes that you can't even past words, right? You know. <laughs> Yeah. I am I am also a drummer and have gone out to the nursing homes and um, also have had, you know, my two of my grandmothers in nursing homes where then I would go and do whatever they were. My, my niece was when I started to drum. I, I didn't find the drums till later. I've been doing it about it's close to 20 years now. I was thinking about it today. Like, oh, my goodness. Like it was 2001 when I discovered a drum circle for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, never the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I also worked with um, brain injured patients, is, yes. which is quite a one trip. of my favorites. And talk about spiritual and angels and <laughs> the whole nine yards. Uh, similar experiences. I'm, I'm, I'm loving hearing your experiences too. The interesting thing about people with dementia. Um, in my experience, is that, and most people that have worked with them would agree that they have one foot on the other side and the other foot here. Yes. And that guy 
who said that to who was telling me, first of all, he was way gone. Mm -hmm. Like dementia wise, he was unreachable. In fact, right. according to the, you know, wow. the nurses on, on attendance, he didn't talk. I was just going to say not a coherent sentence to be found. Because in dementia, you forget how to form your words. So they don't always, they're not always able to speak to us on this side of the, on this side. But in my years of experience of working with people with dementia as a CNA and as a nurse and in Let's Dance, something happens. And when she would play the music and we, and I would cast that circle, there's a reason I was putting them in a circle, okay? <laughs> I was trying to create safe space for them. And so mm -hmm. I created, a, a casted a circle amongst them. And that's when he started to talk and that's when he came through for you bright hawk and that and he just started saying that to me and i was like i wonder if he'll repeat the same thing to her <laughs> either way i'll tell her at the end right you know so that's mm -hmm. why i said well why don't you tell her that and he said it twice the fact that he said what he said twice was a minor miracle at that point and i think we were surprised and so so were the nurses on duty um everybody that witnessed it was like wow um because people on the other side um people on the other side are are people on dementia are are it's almost like I, some of the people i took care of they would be talking to their family members on the other side while i'm absolutely absolutely Talk about mediums, mm -hmm. everybody oh with gosh. dementia. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Go into detailed stories and I, I still deal with uh, two people that are, 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 are about half there. But even my grandmother, um, she happily thought I was my mother for the last three years of her life. <laughs> so, you know. I'm glad they mended through me, <laughs> however that went. For sure. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm just, you know, as a medium, it's, um, it's a, it's an experience to work with people on the other side. And I've been honored to work at Brighthawk's side. Um, we've even been present for people that are in comas. And that's, by the way, for you two as mediums, you should know. That it's not that different than talking to people on the other side yeah. to reach in and talk to someone that is in a coma. Um, and you can find out if what's going on. Um, and, um, I, you know, I've talked to them and then been able to either help them. In one instance, I was able to help them come back because I played Bright Hawk's music. And I said, keep playing her music the whole time. And I told the person in the coma to follow the music if they wanted to come back. Another guy decided to leave, but he kind of told me when I talked to him in the coma that he would probably leave. Um, that coming back was was too much for him because uh, he would have been paralyzed. Okay. So yeah. So working with people in coma, just to, by the way, if it ever happens and you're ever in that situation, 
you will probably be capable of of working with that person in a coma. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, and I think most of us are capable of working with people on the other side or communicating with the other side. It's just like you guys said, it's a muscle that you have to exercise. Mm -hmm. um, and the coma thing, it's just, it's so similar. You'll be like, oh yeah, this is similar. It's very similar. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how we get there. Like how, mm. how do we, how do we, what did you learn? And I learned that I go to this meditation space. Um, and when I was, when I was young, a uh, young medium, uh, I would have to make sure I did all this whole thing. Uh, and it would take me a long time to prepare. And it still does take me a little bit of time to prepare. I usually need it to be a little bit quiet and still. Um, and I tried to make sure I had a little bit of quiet and still time before the show today. And um, and then I ask and I go to a special room um, that is decorated that I create. It's my room. And there is a door within that room um, that leads to the other side. And my dad is the keeper of that. And when I open that door the spirits can come through. And when they come through for me, I hear them, I see them, I feel them, and I have inner knowing. And sometimes I smell, but that's usually spirits that are haunting a space. Um, that's when I smell um, or taste, um, usually. Um, that's because they're living in a particular space, okay? But if I'm just communicating with them from the other side and bringing messages to people here, um, then, then I'm usually more likely to hear it or know, have an inner knowing. So um, how about you, Donna or, or Joel? Like, how do you, how's it come? Um, I, I sense things or I sense um, energy. I, that's the best way I can describe it, except that I know that that energy is, a, um, I don't want to say human because they're, they're really not. I, but, you know, yeah. although, you know, I also had my lovely cats that, that um, long story short, they were buried around my property and I always felt them. I, I could even feel which one it was. And where they were, you know, um, that kind of thing. Like I can, I can feel that I don't necessarily see, but if I take a picture, I 95% of the time get an orb or, or, uh, at one point I got a, um, like a smoky thing going on and I felt it move to another window and it, I got the picture there too. And there was no way it was, it was daytime, <laughs> you know, um, Anyhow, that was a place called Boobs Brewery in Pennsylvania. Highly haunted place. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that wasn't even in the catacombs. It was outside. But uh, yeah, I, I love doing that kind of stuff. Um, when I do paranormal work, um, I haven't done it in a few years. But what I used to do is I was that person with the notepad. And literally, I'd allow spirit to guide me to write, to then read mm. and compare. And I was always accurate. So, nice. you know, um, 
and and uh, I I don't do that when I'm reading for someone, but uh, I do that in my own personal stuff. So. Nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How about you, Joel? How's it come through? It's different levels, um, kind of like uh, nesting dolls. So on the outermost level, yeah, you know, I can I can tune into someone um, in in a physical space very easily. Um, and then, you know, I need to, outside of that, I need to see a picture or I need to hear their voice to be able to kind of tune into, um, you know, their frequency and what's going on with them, both in the, in the physical world and, and elsewhere. Um, I would say that's kind of the first level. This, the next level, and I've, this has only happened a few times, which is I'll, I'll have a vision state that will happen almost within meditation but sometimes not within meditation it just is like it's gonna happen now um and it's usually very beautiful very colorful very bright um and the sun helps me a lot so if i'm meditating outside turning my closed eyes towards the sun can sometimes initiate that kind of vision and i get all kinds of things sometimes it's things about people i know sometimes it's things about people i don't know and i get to do some homework um, sometimes it's about, uh, something that's going on in the news that I, it's just in my psyche. And so I might get something there. Um, and then the final one, and I mentioned this is the dream state stuff, which is my, is I, and I'm really learning to have control over this. Um, so if anyone is going through anything like this and wants kind of a, a companion to go through it together, let me know. Um, but it is, uh, it is literally every single night, <laughs> it's every single night, almost. I um, am seeing spirits and they're visiting me and they are um, coming into my dream state and we're doing stuff together. And someone made the analogy that the moment you, they know you're looking, it's like a lighthouse. So they, they, they're drawn to you because um, I think a lot of people forget that if you are talking to a spirit or you're communicating with a spirit, it's not always for the best reasons. It would be, the equivalent of a stranger coming up to you at a bar or a restaurant and needing to tell you something so urgently, you have to think about what would cause someone to do that. It would, it would, they would need to feel like they have nothing else. They've lost all hope and you're the only person that might be able to help them. So I, I treat it like that. So if someone came to me and needed my help, I would try to help them. And if they're being creepy and scary, I would tell them you're being creepy and scary right now, you know? Um, so I'm learning very much. And right now my, I have an open door policy with all those spirits and I'm trying to get them to pull a punch, get a number like the DMV. I would like that type of system so I could at least know and prepare and see what's coming. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's kind of where it is right now. And I, um, um, it's, it's really fun. I don't, I don't have a lot of problem. I I don't have a lot of stress afterwards. I usually feel better afterwards. I know some people it can really wear on them. Um, but for me, it's just a, it's a, it's a gift that I'm very excited to share with others because it tends to make everybody feel a little bit better. Yeah. And, um, how about you, Brighthoff? Do you, how uh, does it come to you? Um, well, I don't feel like I'm a reader the same way you guys are. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm a medium the same way you are. I, I feel like I shared with you part of how I interpret you know muscle testing um and music music is my um where i very much open up as a vessel and you know yeah kind of say play me you know and there are times where uh, you know i don't know well 
you know, ecstatic moments of bliss of playing my hands out and and literally feeling like I'm I'm as amazed as everyone around me. I'm I'm getting to watch. I'm in the front row, you know, but like the combinations coming through, I can't explain. I I don't know where it came from, you know. So, you know, the the there are many spirits that way that I feel like um Again, I feel like language really fails, but that play me, for lack of a better way of putting it, or that I let come through to, in, in the play. And um, yeah, that's, I would say music is my, is my, is my main medium that way. And um, because it, it doesn't involve words, usually it's very vibrational and sometimes visual. I sometimes get kind of a slideshow that goes through of where like, you're like, Oh wow! Okay, I just got another past life shard that suddenly makes sense. You know, where that one little nug of you know that missing puzzle piece picture or something where you're like, ah, got yeah. it. You know. Well, uh, yeah, and I just want to add, I know a lot of people start to get into mediumship because of grief. That's a great mm -hmm. catalyst to get into medium mediumship. Mm -hmm. And I think an important message that I'm feeling compelled to say right now is just that uh, there's boundaries with all of that. And and you have to know that you letting go of your grief is just as important as the person that's passed moving on as well, too. Otherwise, you can kind of hold each other in this perpetual state of grief or sadness. And so you want to make sure that you are letting go. And that's different for every single person what that looks like. But, you know, a lot of us, you know, when you lose someone that's extremely close to you, how amazing would it be to still feel them? And I tell people all the time, you can still feel them. It's um, people put an imprint yes. on us. Their consciousness may not be there, but their smell and their stories and their legacy and everything about them is within you. And you become the vessel to carry on their story who they were and you can tap into that at any time and sometimes it's through sadness sometimes it's through joy sometimes it's through frustration but if you can learn to control that and sit still in a place that is important to you you can feel them and it can be unbelievably therapeutic um, you can use like Donna had mentioned the journaling and write to them and and you can really work through some things with just the pure essence of a person if you can remember a song if you can remember a smell you can remember who a person was and um, and spend time with them because I've seen grief tear people apart, but I truly believe it is one of the most beautiful human experiences to yes. miss someone so much that you are, your own essence is spread through multiple dimensions trying to find them. That's an, that's a superpower that we all experience in our life. And um, you can have mm -hmm. control over it. Absolutely. You can have control over it. Um, and of course, if you don't feel like you have control over it, there's people that will talk to you and help you with that. So don't let your grief pull you down into these dark places because once you go down this road, like I said, once you open the store, once you turn on your lighthouse, that is not for a hobby. That is, you're showing up to work. And so if you're not ready to do that work, then um, they can get frustrated in the same way when you go to DMV and they skipped your number. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to frustrate them either. So um, just know that I know a lot of you are getting into this because of sorrow. 
but there is so much joy if you choose to control it, just like any great power that we are uh, bestowed. I think that's a great message. And, yes, uh, I think it's an excellent message. And and also the message of that you don't get drained. And it's funny, I get much more drained with um, people that are still here on this plane than I do yeah, with spirits. Right. Uh, yeah. I, 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 too, don't feel drained when I connect with spirit. I don't feel drained. It's the people. Yeah. <laughs> but hang out with the narth- narcissist for an afternoon. <laughs> Oh, we won't get started on that subject. (laughs) We can all relate to that. Um, Yeah. So I think I do offer, um, I do offer guidance. Actually, I do um, on my website. And I do, I do have a few people that come to me for private guidance on how to develop your divination, however that may look, whether you're a medium or um, astrologically or tarot, whatever you're looking to develop, I'm, I offer private coaching and, and I'd be happy to coach you on, um, how to do that. Um, so I want us to take a small little break. We're going to watch a little video, uh, and take a little break and all of us are going to get our stuff together and try to come back and offer the group, uh, everyone that's watching, if you just, Um, go get yourself a drink or whatever and come back. And if you have an ancestor that you want to come through right now, I'm going to suggest that you ask for that. Um, And then um, if you ask for that in your, um, you know, in your prayers, they will probably answer you and they will probably come through somebody here. Um, And hopefully you will hear the message or get the message somehow. Um, and it could be in a million different ways. We have no idea how that will be. Um, I do see you, Angel. Those are not the kind of readings that we're doing. If you'd like to have that private kind of reading like that, I would suggest that you contact somebody privately. Donna's available. I'm available. Um, we're available. You can contact us directly if you'd like a private reading. That sounds like something for a private reading. The kind of readings we'll be doing today are group readings. Um, which is where we will start to um, do it in our own style, send out information to either people watching live or people watching this recorded later. So right now we're going to take a little break and I encourage you to take care of yourself and come back and definitely pray and ask your ancestor to come through in in the last little bit of our show here tonight. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, I'm Hollis Taylor, and I'm a non-binary person, and I call myself a divine androgen. of magic or something like that. Maybe it depends on what path you walk. See, one of the things I noticed as I started to come out and started to identify as non-binary, I started to realize that there was no spiritual path for people like me. Like, I mean, there were some things like indigenous people, but I don't want to culturally appropriate. I didn't grow up on a reservation and I think two-spirit is great and I want them to keep it. And I felt like I had to define my own path because I didn't have a huge background in 
these things. And so I started to explore things. And, of course, some religions shame us, right? And then there's some religions that don't even include us. Like Wicca, I went to many rituals and never not once did they mention someone that was both or neither gender or god or goddess. Unless you asked, and then they would often have a goddess or something. But there was no language for it. And so as I started my own spiritual path, my own path of holistic learning, I learned that I really needed a spiritual path in order to be who I was. Like, I felt like it was part of humanity. It was part of being a human. And I needed to be celebrated in my spiritual path. I needed to be seen, and I didn't want any of the shame. So that's not for me. That's theirs. And so as I started to unfold, I started to realize that I had my own path, and each one of us actually do. You do. Everybody does. Has their own spiritual path that they're to unlock. Your authenticity is in your heart, just like it was in mine. There were some things I had to go through to unlock those keys, to get closer to who I really was inside. Because all of us are divine conscious beings, and you have to work through some weird stuff sometimes, like cultural norms and gender roles and, gosh, mental health and the crap your parents programmed in there. Sometimes we have to unfold that out. And when we do, we get to an authentic surface, uh, authentic person when we move through those surface things. And when we find our authenticity, we can go deeper. We can love deeper. We can love ourselves deeper. We can love other people deeper. And we can enjoy our life fuller and more and feel more complete by the time it comes time to, you know, end. Because we all die. None of us get out of a lie. So just consider... As you start to identify and find your gender is not something that was given, that is not something that was, a, you know, assigned to you when you were born. As you start to realize your gender expression, no matter what it is, I'm talking to the drag queens, the drag kings, the gay guys, transgender people, non-binary people, gender neutral people, all of us, we're all here for a reason. The divine sent us here. We're all here to define our own path. Make it what it is. Follow that part of you that doesn't follow the rules. The part of you that doesn't do what other people are doing. Because that part of you will lead you to the path you need to be on. And you will manifest the beautiful things that the world desperately needs. All of us are where we need you. We need you to step up and bring your most beautiful light to the world. And I hope that that's what this book does. That my book, Divine Androgen, A Sacred Path for Gender Variant People, and this channel will inspire you to find out who you are and open it up to the world and deliver it. As if we were all waiting for it. But we didn't know what we were waiting for exactly. Show us what that is.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. We're glad to be back. And we are hoping to offer a little bit of some group readings. And I want to tell you that, first of all, I was just uh, listening to my ancestors and their uh, my ancestors are very happy that I'm doing this because that's the that's like the big message is that um, even queers are spiritual sacred people um, and that's something that's been taken away from us and I'm one of many people that are here to restore that. Um, to say you are spiritual, you don't have to, you can be atheist, it's fine, you don't have to be religious, but there is a spiritual side to you. There is a part of you that can talk to the other side. There is a part of you that can manifest your future. There is a part of you that can make beautiful protection amulets or whatever it is. Um, so I just want you all to take that in, first of all, that any part of you that feels that questions that you're not sacred, that you're that there's something wrong with you or something about you that's not special enough or whatever it is, you are actually capable of tapping into your own delight, your own ability, <clears throat> um, your own ability to offer um, things to the world in a spiritual sense. Every person is capable of it. Just comes through for differently for all of us. So I just want to say that. Um, it's, it's, some of us are mediums. Some of us are crafters. <laughs> some of us are musicians. <laughs> um, she's, in my opinion, she's a medium uh, through that. So... Um, you know, so just just know that about yourself. So I'm going to reach in. And the first thing that I'm getting is actually something very familiar to me, which is a huge tree. But but it's not a pine tree or anything like that. It looks more like I'm going to say it's an oak tree. So whoever this person, whoever this is for, um, this is an oak tree. And I'm seeing the bark almost as if I'm about to give it a big hug, okay? Like I'm standing in front of the tree in a way that I'm going to give it a big hug. And this tree is actually um, sacred in some way. So whoever this message is for, you must know that you are a person that has a sacred tree for someone that has passed, a tree that you go to and you kind of, reach into this person or you remember this person or you honor this person. Maybe the tree was planted in memory of them or something or there's or their ashes are there or there's some sort of sacredness with this tree. OK, and so you have a strong connection to this tree and this message is for you. OK, this message is directly for you. This message is directed directly at that that person who has this special tree whoever you are, if you're in the audience right now, please let me know that you're in the audience because you can ask direct questions, okay? And I'm just going to tell you that this tree is really powerful. It's really important to you. You know, you know that I'm talking about you. And 
you know that you sit at the base of this tree when you're missing this person and this tree is super special and this message is for you that that the person that you are missing the person you are reaching through that person is actually at that tree with you during that time that person is trying to validate you to say you are absolutely you are absolutely correct that yes yes you are actually you are actually connecting to that person so every time you go to that tree and you're thinking sandy it might be it's probably for you sweetheart you are always in this show and i would not be surprised at all that your mom is buried i said it was oak okay and it's an oak tree and you if you go to that tree your mom wants you to know that she is with you that's exactly what this question that's exactly what this message is for so that you feel validated so when you want to visit her or you need something or you just need comforting or whatever it is sandy mm. that's what this is for if there's mm. someone else out there that also has a connection to a tree is not unusual for more than one spirit to come through me at once okay um and um okay sandy good well this is your little validation this is Sandy says, I know I feel her. My mom is buried under an oak tree. Okay. And Sandy says, I know I feel her. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Sandy, so just so you know that that's how this works. Um, and your nephew. So there is more than one spirit. My nephew is buried beside her. Imagine that. See, that's exactly what I was saying is that there's more than one energy coming through at the same time. So they're both there with you, Sandy. So every time you go to that tree and you are connecting, that's they're there for you. They want to let you know that they're for you. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then, hold on, Francine. I met one of the people I called on when she was standing under a giant sacred tree. And she greeted me with a big hug when we first met. You don't visit the tree, Francine. If it's possible for you to visit the tree, you may want to. Because <laughs> there's something about visiting that tree. Um, and that's exactly what the spirit is. That's exactly what the spirit is is saying. That's exactly what the spirit is bringing through. So, and Donna, if you have anything, please just. So when, um, actually, when I was coming in to even come on the show, uh, there was a young girl. Um, it, it, the way that I felt it was that it was somebody's little sister, that she had a big brother that absolutely adored her and it really crushed him when she left. And she just wants them to know that she's fine and she's happy and she's healthy and she's doing well. Um, I'm imagining um, that it had something to do, it, like this was an illness. It wasn't something that was tragic. It was, it was tragic because she was so young, but it was an illness and she made it her goal to live every day. Like, you know, such deep wisdom of, of um, choose to be happy. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Donna. So the next um, imagery that I'm being given from my ancestors is uh, 
it looks to me like a pepper chart. Um, it's an image with peppers on it, um, different types of peppers, like hot peppers, like, you know, like peppers we eat. This is somebody's grandmother or somebody's, somebody's ancestor that has something to do with peppers. And she, maybe she liked the way they looked or used them for decoration. Um, and so, so she's specifically showing me this image with lots of little peppers on it. And the peppers themselves are like um, different colors even. They're like red and green and yellow and they're different types of peppers. And just so you know, whoever this is, you also know this woman. She had a very sort of warm kitchen. She had a very sort of gathering kitchen and you knew her in that way. And in fact, you used to go to her kitchen you would go to her kitchen to be counseled by this woman. So, but she was an old woman and she has passed now. Okay. And she's on the other side and that this, this old woman, she had a kind of a, a I want to call it a warm kitchen, a kitchen where you would go and she, she'd feed you something delicious. She'd give you warmth and you would receive that. And then you would tell her what was going on in your life, especially when you were a kid. You would say, you know, I went to school today and I had this hard time and our, or I struggled in this way. And so if this is you and you're in the audience now, please tell me. If you're listening later, please message me. I still love to know. Um, and so here's the thing is that she wants you to know that when that you are that you create the same thing, that you have the ability within you. It seems like you might be struggling a little bit with your ability to cook. Like you're kind of like, I'm not as good at this, but it's actually just a matter of time. And she wants you to know that she developed it over time, that she didn't come that way, that she, she, she got better at cooking. Um, she got better at cooking over the years, over the years, she got better at cooking and, and her kitchen got warmer and warmer. And she wants you to know that, she, that the more you cook in the kitchen, the warmer it gets. So whoever you are out there, whoever you are, um, this person had something in her kitchen that had a lot of different colored peppers on it. And it was kind of like a chart. And maybe she even taught you on this image. Like she would say, this is this kind of pepper and this is that kind of pepper. Okay. And so she was very like, very good cook, but she didn't come that way. That's what she's telling you. <laughs> she did not come that way. That her kitchen was sometimes a hot mess and it's okay to burn the food and it's okay to mess it up or put too much spice in it or whatever it is that you may accidentally do it's okay and that you develop that over time that you will develop a warm kitchen if that's what you want to do mm -hmm. uh much like her and you actually may even refer to her kitchen as a warm kitchen or as a council kitchen oh if that makes sense that's where all the best conversations happen <laughs> often often yeah <laughs> so I'm going to just tap in for a minute and see if there's any other ancestors that have anything. I think I might have one. Go for it. Um, I'm seeing someone that is um, an older woman that's sick. Um, and she's been sick for a while. And I see a, it's a granddaughter. Someone close to her. 
um, and you feel a lot of regret, there's a lot of things that you wish you would have said. Um, there's a lot of things you wish you would have shared. Could be a daughter. Um, and I think the sickness came so quick and it has lasted so long that it has been hard to... You're worried that you won't get the opportunity to say those things that are on your heart right now. I'm wondering if that resonates with anybody that's out there right now. Let's give it a minute to come in, Joel. Um, let's give it a minute to come in because now look at this. Eve is coming back on what I just said. My Grammy always loved to feed us. And when I spent time with her, she would talk to me about things I was going through, especially things I was dealing with my parents. Imagine that, Eve. And she had calendars and towels and things like that. So it sounds like this message is for you, Eve. <laughs> so if you burnt something or something like that, don't give yourself a hard time is what she's saying. <laughs> that you will develop that just like you're supposed to. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Okay. Eric also says, sounds like a good friend of mine. Could be Eric. Often my messages land for more than one person. It's a, it's a weird thing that's been happening. Sounds like a good friend of mine. She had a nice orange kitchen where she would sit and chit chat and had a huge pepper poster sitting on the wall. She would talk about life and there wasn't anything that was outside of the boundaries. Yeah, Eric, nice. that's exactly the that's cool. exactly the warmth that I'm talking about. Sounds like sounds like this energy is definitely answering to both of you, especially if you've recently given yourself a hard time about burning things or over spicing things or something like that. Um, and if you guys, if, if anyone has anything um, that resonates with what Joel said. And the la and this last little spirit that I have reaching through is showing me a pretty unusual looking mask, actually. Um, I'm trying to hone in on the colors. I'm not always the best at colors. Um, it, it, it looks like it's like split right down the middle. One side is green and the other side might be orange or red or something. And it's a mask. And it's actually like a mask you would hang on the wall or something. Okay. And this is a, a, a mask that's for um it's more for decoration but they made it okay so they made it so you know what this mask is i don't know if you're watching this show afterwards um or watching the show now but it seems like this person just wants you to know they want that they're trying to validate that sort of the the mask is almost kind of black and white like like blue and white like it's very contrasting if that makes sense it's very mm -hmm. contrasting on both sides and there's a stripe right down the middle and it, it it's it's a mask that they painted and it seems like they may have done this craft with you um or that you did something similar um in the art with them and that it was just it's just a decoration or a reflection um of some sort of art creation that you're having and I, I'm really tough with colors. So if the colors are not right, please know that this is still for you. Um, You're just seeing contrast, right? It's just a strong contrast. Yeah. It's yeah. like half is this color and half is this color. And it's definitely a decorative mask. 
something you would hang on a wall, something you would put on an altar or something like that. You could wear it probably for the costume or something like that. And they also are showing what appears to be, it, it appears to be on like an altar or a table or something, or maybe right above like a, um, a flat surface like this. So, you know, it's a flat surface, like a, um, on your, uh, I want to call it your, your fire, your, yeah, your mantle, your mantle. Thank you. Um, kind of like oh, that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that, but it's a little bit more of the hockey mask style and it's down the middle. Okay. Yeah. But it but could be that. This was but... just sitting on the altar behind me. <laughs> well, that's pretty magical. And let's see, this, let's see if this message, let's see what the rest of the message is. So that's how they're identifying themselves is through this mask. You may have done this uh, with them. You may have created this with them or after them, like they instructed you how to do it or guided you through it or told you how to do it or why they did it. And then you did something similar. And this is all about they're telling you to take off your mask. They're actually, they're actually validating you and saying, don't be afraid to show who you are. If there's some parts of you that you're kind of like, I'm not sure I should be doing this. I'm not sure I should be letting people see this. I'm not sure people should know about this. They actually want you to reveal it. They're saying that that part of you is sacred and necessary and bring it forward. Bring it to the world, whatever it is. Um, uh, it looks like, wow. Um, I'm surprised at how many, this seemed like such an odd thing to me, this mask thing. And now all these people in the audience are like, well, um, Eve says it's blue and pink and it would make sense as I did something like this for one of the sets of twins I lost. Wow. wow. Which also is a representation wow. of duality too. So there's some okay. figurative stuff going mm -hmm. on there. Wow, Eve, that's really powerful. And it got damaged. I'm sorry to hear that your mask got damaged. But if that message makes sense for you, please take it in. And then Francine is also saying painted red with a with a black stripe. Yes. And collaborating her with art. Yes. As well as taking off the mask. I specifically was asking her if I should let some art out to the world raw or to record professionally. I wrote a song from the last poem she wrote. Francine, the answer is yes. Yep. <laughs> See that. And to, and to not sugarcoat it. Be authentic. Be genuine. Let it out. 100%. Yeah, bring that forward 100%. Bring it out. Bring it out, out, out. Because, nice. Nice. wow. <laughs> wow. I just, I'm flabbergasted to how many people are what's, what's interesting is i'm reacting to their what they're feeling as you're saying it so you're pulling from spirit they're reacting i'm feeling what their reaction is it's really an i've never done anything like this so this is cool for me it's powerful good good for you i'm so glad that you're experiencing this 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 way joel so you're sensing from them how they're feeling how yeah, they're feeling validated right. absolutely and Eve, I'm so sorry you went through that loss. That is terrible. Yeah, it sounds hard. 
and Francine were collaborating across the veils, right? It does you absolutely feel are a lot like that, doesn't it? So I'm going to, for me, I wouldn't say that communicating with the spirits is draining, but what happens is my adrenaline gets going and I get going and that is tiring. Um, and that's why I call it an energy exchange. When I do private readings for people, I do an energy exchange because an energy exchange helps me be able to give to you fully, completely, and wholeheartedly. Then if there's an energy exchange, it also feels more fair to me, not only to me, but for you too. Karmically, it works out better for you. Mm. So if you do get a reading from someone, whether it's free or not, um, especially if you get a private reading, okay, you get a private reading, half an hour, hour, whatever it is, you should always provide some sort of energy exchange, whether it be in the form of money or some other gift or some way of service for them. And the reason I say that is because karmically, it helps the energy stay together. Because as a reader, as a longtime reader, I know that eventually you can get tired. You will get tired uh, hours into this. You'll get tired. And it, if there's an energy exchange, it's easier to do on a regular basis. It's easier to do year in and year after year after year. Balance. And it balances things. Mm -hmm. It balances it out. So if you do get readings from people, I always recommend if someone gives me a reading, I want to give them something, even if it's just five bucks, even if I just say, hey, thank you. I'm going to promote you. Okay. I'm going to share your page. I'm going to do something to say thank you. Right. I think that that's a fair way of dealing. So just all of you out there that get readings or whatever it is, share it. Like if you got a reading tonight and you're like, wow, this is really cool. I got validated. Share it. Just share the page. Just share. It doesn't take more than 30 seconds to share this, um, share this live feed on your page. And you would not believe how much that helps all of us. So I'm just going to say thank you. And we're winding down for the night. And um, Joel, you said that you read cards too. I'm going to offer the group a, a, a card reading. I don't know if that's your thing. Um, but if you favorite. wanted to, you totally can. And so can you, Donna. We can do a good night tarot reading. Um, Eric's saying in regards to the grandmother type feel, yeah, did you happen to get anything about how they might have passed? Yeah, I there's been there's some been some complications with medication, Eric. Um, some unforeseen challenges. And there's been, I'm seeing like a lot of in and out of consciousness for a very long period of time. And <clears throat> when she is there, it is, um, it's a very fleeting moment is what I'm getting. And yes, this person could have passed, but I, I'm getting the feeling that this person is still there, but kind of like Hollis said earlier, one foot out the door, so to speak. So 
if anyone is uh, dealing with that, let me know. And I need to add to the young girl that I saw, she says to mention the purple bunny. I, I seriously, I, 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 I know nobody, nobody is saying anything now, but that doesn't mean they won't. <laughs> right. Exactly. It could be somebody that watches it later and somehow the ancestor knows that they're going to watch it later. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, you, when, when crazy things come to my head like that, I remember one time doing a reading and the first word that came was toilet paper. And, um, <laughs> I thought that was really strange and I didn't mention it until towards the end of the reading. It just blurbed out that I don't mean the fight you have over which way the toilet paper roll goes. And the two of them like were floored. They were like, how did you know that that's a major fight? Like almost every day. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing that happens. And um, I'm seeing this, she, this young girl, Wants to tell her brother she's okay. That he apparently took it a whole lot harder. Like, I was sick my whole life, and I'm happy now. I'm healthy. And remember the purple bunny is what I got. Wow. And the thing about your reading, Joel, is that I, when you first started talking about it, I thought it might be my stand-in mom, my astro mom, my witchy mom. Um, but she died um over a year ago um she actually died before right before 2020 she actually died in 2019 um but she died of medication complications um unforeseen circumstances essentially um i did call her my mother but she was not my mother but i called her mom um and I called her on Mother's Day. Uh, I treated her very much like a mom. That's great. Um, it took her a while to accept that I seen her as a mother, whether she liked it or not. Yeah. Um, but uh, she is with me. Mm -hmm. She is now one of my guardians. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, did, did this person pass already? Or is this per somebody holding someone at the end of their life? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, to have a maternal relationship doesn't always need to be, you know, biological. Right. Right. Yeah, she's definitely my mom on the other side. Thank goodness she liked my dad. So the two of them get to hang out. <laughs> um, and um, so, yeah. So, but um, yeah. So I just wanted to say that. I don't know if that's you're reading or not but she's very strong energy because yeah. as i mentioned she was a witch <laughs> she when you when you mentioned that you told her your feelings like how you saw her as a mom where in the timeline was that um was that as she was on the way out or was that earlier <laughs> on in your relationship earlier on in our relationship i would call her for mother's day and say happy mother's day and she'd say but i'm not your mom and i'd go i know but you're the closest thing i have to a mother yeah and then she'd be like all right thank you yeah. you know and then what happened was she lived in delaware um and i was traveling visiting nursing homes and i had just published my book 
So I took her my book and I tried to give her internet access so she could communicate with me while I was on the road because they were about to take her to a nursing home. But she got to the nursing home and I couldn't even barely get her on the phone there, you know, because nursing homes suck. (laughs) And uh, so I didn't get to say a whole bunch of things uh, before she passed. Yeah, And then she just kind of went. That's what I'm getting for sure. But I mean, I I don't know. I think that applies to a lot of people, though, too. Just that feeling of, ah, there's so much more. Especially I know on on, um, a lot of father uh, paternal relationships, there's always a lot of things you wish you would have said but didn't say. So maybe that's just a good message to make sure everyone gets is – as folks are leaving this world, we spend a lot of time thinking about the fact that they're leaving this world, but maybe spend a little bit more time telling them all those things and spending that quality time with them and, um, and don't avoid the inevitable because it's going to happen to all of us. Yeah. Right. She knew she was going to die because she told me all the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. she told me how she was proud of me. She told me all these great things, but, mm-hmm. um, uh, Brighthawk got the you got to witness most of that mm-hmm. and um and music yeah Brighthawk played the handpan while we chatted and um but I did tell her I loved her and appreciated all of what she had done for me right. but I will say for sure as a deaf midwife as a nurse as a medium don't wait to tell people things don't don't wait don't wait even if they're not sick even if that is not. excellent advice. That is excellent advice. Even if they're not. I've uh, been trying to start my days with starting in my days with gratitude. And social media is a unique tool where you can look at your friends. Maybe you got 526 friends on your Facebook and just go into Google and random number generate and it'll pull up a number. And what I've been doing is I'll look at that friend on the list, 113, and then I get to give them some praise and some gratitude for being my friend. So That's an interesting fun, thing. Cool thing, Joel. Nice. It's a little way to just get some gratitude out there, say all the things that you want to say, um, and never forget how powerful a handwritten letter is. <laughs> That's true. I guess they are really uh, powerful and um Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm going to pull three cards here. And these three cards will be uh, for everyone that's watching live, listening um, on podcasts or watching later recorded. Um, Just so you know, any of the readings that you heard tonight could be for you, even if you're watching later, because what happens is the ancestors know that you're going to listen to this later. I'm pretty sure that they know that. And so then they come through or or the message comes through for you. <clears throat> and so the, the cards that I pulled tonight, the first card is a very interesting card because as you can see, it kind of has these angelic cre- characters, right? Definitely. And this is the love is love deck. This is my pride queer deck. And this is like four angelic type characters um one is pe- playing um harp. the harp and it's very angelic and that's what this is to remind you that there is another side 
There is the other side. Don't ignore the messages from the other side. Listen to the music from the other side. Let it come through you if it is meant to come through you. That's what this is meant to tell you. And it's also telling you that right now, there's some big choices that you can make. Don't miss your choices. This is the two of swords. This is about um, two things. You have two very clear choices about what to do or how to handle something. And that's what this is about, is that to ask your ancestors, pull from your ancestors, pull from what they would have done. Ask them what you should do in this situation. If you're having this choice thing and you're having to make a choice between things, ask your ancestors, okay? And this final card um, is such a beautiful card. It's two beautiful masculine beings in the in the middle that are loving up on each other and a gender, I'd say a gender variant person on the outside celebrating, celebrating their love. And that's exactly what this is about. This is about to remind us, this is a very queer card on purpose. And of course the whole deck is queer, but this one in particular is particularly queer to remind us that you are sacred, that we are all sacred and that our love and companionship with each other is sacred and that you must hold that and bring that through for each other and celebrate it. Celebrate love for each other. Don't compare yourselves and compete and jealousy and all of that hoo-ha. Don't bother with that. This is something else. This is saying celebrate. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Celebrate your love and your connection with each other. Celebrate how much you care for each other. Celebrate all of the parts of you that pulls you forward. All of the connections that you have. And so I am going to take that exact advice right now and I'm going to say thank you to everyone that's here tonight. Everybody that's watching, you audience members, you are priceless. I wouldn't be here without you. I wouldn't bother doing this if you didn't come. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you, Donna. Thank you, Bright Hawk. A pleasure. And thank you, Joel. Thank you. <laughs> Does anyone else have a reading before we go? I, I actually do. And it's very interesting how your okay. reading came out, although my cards are obviously different. The first card I pulled was the truth card. And that's about, I believe, well, this way, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our truth. Mm. Um, our truth. And uh, my short version of my story is my mother told me every day that she didn't like girls. I'm a very feminine individual. I am a she. I, I I I appreciate that my mother exposed me to everything at a very young age. I mean, most of my peers had never even heard the word gay, let alone know what that was. And I, my mother had many gay friends, so I was brought up with with a with a um, acceptance on, on all of that. But I was still a girl. And mom didn't like girls, never wanted a girl, et cetera, on a daily basis. So I had to come to terms with being me. Mm -hmm. Because not only was I a girl, the oldest of seven children and the only girl. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I and, and coming to terms with that, too. So uh, 
Um, feel blessed who you are. It took me a long time to love myself. You talked about the celebration card and the card that you said about the celebration. And that was the second card that I pulled here. Oh, okay. So it's okay. like the three of cups. Three cups. Mm -hmm. Celebrate who you are. Oh, Rejoice. Cups. <laughs> and I have hope. And I hope that we all have hope. Everybody watching. Um, that this is the beginning of the shift. We didn't get here overnight. It's not going to change overnight. Um, but it's the beginning of the shift. And uh, and I pray mm -hmm. for that, too. Mm -hmm. I just awesome. want to, Hollis, the cards you pulled, you had the two of swords followed by the, I, I, saw, I saw the celebration card more as the decisions that you're trying to make don't have to be a conflict. If it can, it can be an embrace. You can still do both. That can mm -hmm. still happen. That's and true. For a lot of us right now, we are we are thinking through: Are we doing our jobs because we love them? Or are we doing our jobs because they sustain our life? It can be both. It can be both. Mm -hmm. That's the message I'm getting from kind of the combination of both of your cards. Um, and that there are resources out there, whether they're in the clouds or they're right in front of your face, there's resources out there that can help you. Um, and asking for help is one of the strongest, bravest things a human being can ever do, is just ask for help. Don't, uh, don't pretend you're He-Man or He-Woman or She-Ra. I'm a big She-Ra fan. Um, and you're trying to you know, push that boulder up the mountain all by yourself. Um, just know that there's, there's always more choices than what's in front of you. There's always more people. And, uh, um, yeah, use it all. <laughs> use all those resources. Fantastic. Fantastic. I am called to answer Ashley's question. Ashley is saying, I'm not sure if this is correct place to ask, but I'm repeatedly seeing my first name and parts of my date of birth. I know this means something, but what? Ooh, can I Ashley, that? yeah, go for it, Joe. Okay, so um, this is what's called synchromysticism um, or synchronicity, which means there is something pushing you back onto a greater path. Okay, Ashley? So it means that you may have gone onto the, the little side path or you've taken a pit stop, but there are many forces, whether they're ancestral or even bigger than that, that are trying to pull you towards something greater. So when you, anyone, when you see like constant synchronicity going on and you start to notice them and they get creepier and eerier, um, deja vu is another example of that. It is just, it is, it is fate itself calling you back, <laughs> calling you in for dinner to get on with the, with the work that needs to be done. So, yeah, I feel like it's an awakening. It's like a knock on your door. It's like spirit going, Hey, you're doing it right. Keep going. Yeah. You know, pay attention to the spirit side of things. We do exist. That's kind of what it's saying is that the, the, the spirituality part uh, that you might be like sort of getting tapped. It's like getting yeah. tapped. Um, I, I got to tell you one that happened to me the other day. I go for it. It was wild. This was two days ago. I have two kiddos, Ripley and Jasper, and they love Halloween and they wanted to hear spooky music. And so I'm playing the classic like ooh ee ooh ah, ah like witch dot like the kids stuff, Monster Mash, and 
they're like, no, dad, I want to hear something spooky or something scarier. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do here without like <laughs> traumatizing them? Um, so I start playing just like horror movie themes. And so I'm playing, you know, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. And then I get to The Shining. And as The Shining song is playing, I get a phone call from the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park um, about an email I had sent out in the beginning of the summer about setting up a witchy Yule Ball. I want to do this big witch prom Yule Ball Krampus thing. And they called me and they're like, "Um, yes, we would absolutely love to do this right in the middle of the song. So The Shining is about the Stanley Hotel, if you didn't know that. But I was just like. And so I reached out to all my witches. I was like, we have to do this now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, you wow. got to pay attention to that stuff. That's great. Wow, it's really powerful and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, we have come to the end of the show. And so I just want to say that I appreciate everybody tonight. I appreciate you, Brighthawk. Thanks for co-hosting with me and helping me hold the space. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Donna for bringing forth the spirits as you see as you see them and thank you Joel for the same thing for bringing spirit through and bringing your opinion and your your own experience to this is super priceless and important i appreciate everyone that got to watch the show tonight i appreciate everybody that's watching either now or watching the recorded afterwards thank you so much we appreciate you so much and I, one last thing a little plug for our <laughs> t-shirts Check it out. Rainbow Soul. Because non-binary is sacred. And it's a really cool t-shirt. You can get them. Just go to rainbowsoul.show. The back of it's got a great rainbow. Whoa. Nice. Putting the soul back in queer rainbow soul, an online show hosted by non-binary trans man and drag kings, Rainbow Soul Podcasts podcasts yes so i just want to say if you buy a shirt you support the show and that's that's all we're asking is for you know just a little bit of support costs a little bit of money to do this show regularly so you know just just a simple t-shirt for you Mm. helps support the show so thank you so much and we're in we are honored to do this show honored to bring this message forward that even you no matter how queer you are, no matter how weird you think you are, you are sacred uh-huh. and you are here for a reason. That's right. So Ooh. good night and carry that message out. And we'll see you next week for a public ritual, Samhain ritual. And we welcome everyone to come and join us for a beautiful Samhain and ancestors ritual next Sunday night at 6 p.m. Mountain time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Good night. Good night. night. Thank you for watching Rainbow Soul, a queer perspective on spirituality beyond religion. We appreciate you sharing the show on your timeline. Follow us on social media of your choice and join our Facebook group, Rainbow Soul. We want to hear from you. Share your topic ideas for Hollis and Lacrosse. Explore upcoming shows and interesting guests. The Rainbow Soul Facebook group, where we build community of questioning seekers. Rainbow Soul, where spirituality is our medicine.
Jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So what exactly does that mean? It is a figure of speech in reference to a person who has dabbled in many things rather than gaining expertise by only focusing on one. So much knowledge and wisdom out there at our fingertips, yet so difficult to grasp. Everything and everyone has a little piece of the truth, and it is up to us to determine what our truth is. In this busy world, creating the time, the space to nourish our bodies, mind, and soul has become a difficult task. So let's take a moment to learn something, something small, in whatever way the universe decides to reveal it. It could be someone's story, a quote, a spiritual practice, maybe a song or a movie. The opportunities are limitless and all around us if we just take a moment to see. We are all students of life experiences, so let us learn from one another. There is no right or wrong path. There is only your path and your journey. So let's begin our adventure and explore all the world has to offer and let us become a master of none.